Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. The mighty sound of the South, tailgating on Tiger Lane. Tom Three at the Liberty Bowl. Each one a Memphis football tradition. This is the Tiger Football Podcast. What's happening, Tiger football fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Football Podcast, where we also have won the tiebreaker and will be uh, playing for a championship, writing for a championship uh, this weekend. I'm Mark Giannato, your CA Sports columnist. I'm joined by Evan Barnes, our Tiger Football beat writer, and Jason Munns our producer and general good guy. Well, the unlikely, I guess, is not impossible, sure, no, but no. the unlikely has happened. <laughs> Memphis that is, that is, is officially in control of its own destiny. They beat SMU on Friday night. Houston beats Tulane on Thursday, setting up a, is it winner-take-all? Winner-take-all. Winner-take-all matchup at the Liberty Bowl Friday night, Black Friday, um, Memphis versus Houston. You know, these teams have played some wild games the past few years, and uh, the winner will face UCF in the AAC championship game. So after all the consternation, all the, you know, sort of, I guess... Uh, headaches. Headaches, tension, complaints from, you know, maybe unnecessary complaints from people like you and me, um, Memphis could end up exactly where it was predicted to end up at the beginning of the year. Wild. How, how did this happen? <laughs> I still don't know how this happened. Well, I mean, I think it's honestly like I was talking to someone about this the other day. They haven't really won any of these three games. I think we all like if they had lost any of these three games they've won, we would be really disappointed. It's not like they, you know, lost games that weren't, you know, that SMU one looked a little tougher. But then when you realized it, you know, that, you know, SMU was going to play. I mean, that crowd the other night, I mean, that, that was like a. To me, that was probably more deflating for SMU seeing that, like, this big home game, like, that was advertised as a big home game. There was, like, three people there. It was, it was I, bad. It was- I, when I saw, I was in New Orleans at a bachelor party Friday night, and it was on the TV and in the bar we were at. And I look, I literally, I went, did a double take. I went and looked on my phone to make sure it was like, I was like, it must be like raining or really <laughs> cold yeah. or, you know, in Dallas. And no, it was just awful. And, um, so I guess that, you know, but, but what I was saying is that really, this is just a reflection. The, the division has been terrible down the stretch for the most part, but. Who cares? Like yeah, so what? now we get a great football game at the Liberty Bowl. Yep. I mean, Memphis can totally change if they beat Houston. The narrative for this whole season changes. It's no longer kind of a letdown. It's a, it's a look at what they did with like an imperfect team with uh, their backs against the wall. I yeah, mean, it's not a complete one hundred and eighty from where they were a, a few weeks ago when they were when they lost to Missouri. After having lost to UCF the week before, it's not a it's not a total one eighty, but it's pretty close. Yeah, 
Evan, what did you, what were the positives from the SMU game that you think are sort of noteworthy as we head into this big game? Well, the defense had maybe its best game of the of the year, and I know we said that last year or last week, but twelve tackles for loss. Bryce Huff looked amazing. the The defense at first looked like they're going to just give up a whole bunch of passing yards. Um, so many pass interference penalties. I think at one point, three of the starting secondary had pass interference penalties in the first quarter, and yet SMU didn't score a touchdown offensively until the, the late in the third quarter. Um, they're that, I'm sorry, that game was just kind of crazy, so I'm still trying to rack my brain from it. But the defense played really, really well. And I think that was the biggest takeaway is these last two weeks, the defense has come alive. They've gotten pressure on the quarterback. Um, Tito Wyndham had an interception. It was their first time, I think, in four games that the secondary had an interception. Um, so the defense, I think, forced three turnovers. So it was a great, great defensive effort that we thought coming into this game that they had to have against the Sunny Dykes air raid offense. They did that. And I think going into Houston, that's encouraging because Houston will not be at full strength with a quarterback not named Derek King. Clayton Toons, I think his name is the freshman quarterback, but Derek King is out for the year. So now they're facing another matchup with a freshman quarterback. They can put pressure on them, and there's confidence on the defensive side where it feels like they know what they're doing, and they feel like they can just ride this into the Houston game. So I think the defense played really well, and that was what the biggest standout for me was. Tell me this. Do you think that Memphis has turned a corner and I and it, the way I would look at it and be able to kind of tell one way or the other is are we are we seeing a progression like or or are they just sort of peaking like or are they sort of riding a wave of I don't know momentum and emotion and that sort of thing or have they truly turned a corner and all the bad things that that sort of plagued them early in the year at key times are those truly behind them i'm not sure if we'll say it's totally behind them but i think just at least go back to the defense real quick we'll just look at these last three games the ecu game they gave up so many yards and they looked like they were just waiting to just you know let that game get away from them yeah tulsa against a team that granted was one-dimensional they played much better got to the quarterback made some more plays SMU, they kept improving even more. So I think the defense is improving, but as Mark probably would say, we have to take in consideration we're facing, you know, Memphis yeah. oh, facing yeah. teams, ECU, Tulsa, For not, sure. not going to a bowl game. SMU, five and six, they win next week. They're bowl eligible, but they're For facing sure. three teams that weren't exactly, you know, just lighting the world on fire. Yes, For SMU sure. beat Houston, but part of it is the competition as well. But For I sure. do think there are positive things. And then on the offensive side, Brady White's looking much more comfortable. He's scrambling a little bit more. He had a great throw to Joey Magnifico in the first half where he scrambled away from a pass rush, rolled left, threw it up high for Magnifico, and Magnifico caught it in a great in a great catch. I think Brady's getting more comfortable with his decision-making in the offense. Yes, he had two interceptions, and they both were bad, but you sense that he understands what he's doing in this offense now. And so when he's doing that, and now they're not just relying on Daryl Henderson, they're also relying on Patrick Taylor. They're running... Tony Pollard, Joey Magnifico had two touchdowns in that game, and, those, and they were both huge. So I think we're seeing Memphis slowly start to put things together. Um, Mark talked about it, finding an identity, but I think right now they have a sense of we're balanced on offense. The Demons is getting it back back together. So I think that's a pretty good sign. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. ECU had the 26th ranked offense in the country and put up 41 points against them. 
these past two games, neither of these teams were ranked. Uh, they were ranked both. I think Tulsa was 78, 79th, SMU like 95th in total offense. Houston is fourth in the country in total offense. Now, that was with Derek King. Right. So that plays in Memphis's favor. But I think, you know, to your point, your question of is this fluky, is this right. real, Yeah. I think we'll know on Friday night. Right, right. I right. think that's when, we're, you know, I don't, th- I don't know if there's a, a definitive answer at this point. Sure. If they can keep Houston under 30, even with this new quarterback, because this new quarterback is a highly regarded prospect. I mean, he was yeah. one of the higher pro- higher rated prospects in the entire AAC this year. Um, they can keep him under thirty. That would be a good sign. And 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 I would just say, like people who complain about Brady at quarterback, would you rather have the SMU quarterback? That guy was awful. He <laughs> like, was he was bad. I mean, that the interception he threw to Tito, he was he threw it behind his receiver. Tito basically yeah. had to just make a play, and it would have been a pick six if Tito if Tito didn't fumble it and Curtis Higgins recovered it. So it was. Bad quarterback play on SMU, man. And then we'll see. It sounds like Ed Oliver is going to play in this game. Big game Ed Oliver <laughs> only shows up for the big games, it yeah. sounds like. Right. Yeah. He's protecting his, his interest. He wanted a jacket. That was he one. Yes, he wanted a jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He realized, oh, I can't get a jacket if I'm not playing. Yeah. So. Well, it'll keep him warm because keep him, uh, warm the weather is going to be interesting for Friday, won't it? Well, it looks like it's supposed to rain, but I think it might hold off till the end of the game. Um, like, we're, not, we're not talking about the weather. Yeah. Okay. We're not, Fine. Right? Yeah. right? We're not supposed to talk about the weather, right? I mean, we're not, but I mean, you don't want people to show up without a raincoat or an umbrella, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, tongue in cheek. It's going to, I mean, this is going to, this is, you know, what's going to be interesting to me is this, I mean, this is another chance for, you know, for Mike Norvell in a, big game he's he's had mixed results in these big games you know he hasn't won a bowl game yet lost the AAC championship last year but it was you know kind of an epic game um the Iowa State the Liberty Bowl loss was very close um you know last year they beat Houston they were down 17 nothing in the at halftime come back and win it in really exciting fashion um in Houston um, year before that, I want to say they hit a game-winning field goal to beat them at the Liberty Bowl. Is that right? They had a touch two years ago. Two, it was two years ago. Two years. No, ago. three years. Uh, no, two years ago was Riley Riley Anthony Miller with 19 seconds left on a touchdown that won. That's right. And in 15, they missed a field goal. Jake Elliott missed the field goal. That's right. I should know that. Um, we talked about it last year. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like in the in the biggest games of the Mike Norvell era, they get close. That but. It's not, been mixed not, results. I mean, yeah. like, it depends what you consider. Like, you know, last year, like, that UCLA game was considered, even though UCLA uh, yes, ended up not being that good at the time, that was, a was considered deal. a big game. Yeah. And they won that. They pulled that one out. Yep. The Navy game last year, same thing. That was considered a big game, and they okay. pulled it out. Um, so, so it's mixed. Yeah, I'd say it's mixed. I mean, it would be, you know, to get another shot at UCF, though, would be pretty cool, even though I wouldn't necessarily take Memphis in the game. I think, I mean, they've clearly given UCF its toughest game this year. And I'd be fascinated to see now, a month and a half later or so, with what we've seen, how this team's grown, what they might do. And that would be thrilling for you to to make another visit to the... 
the stadium that shakes and makes you feel the, like you're gonna that's gonna fall apart. Yeah, the bounce but, house, right? Yeah, it's called the bounce house because it was it's the poorly. <laughs> it's a poorly made house. Because it bounces. Like they no, there's like the stories out there. Like they basically like did it on. It's like it's like a tale of caution for like Memphis fans <laughs> who want an on campus stadium. UCF like basically did it on the cheap for like forty five or fifty million dollars. And now there's already, it's like five years later since it opened, and there's already like structural issues. They've had to like reinforce things. And like when, like in the championship game last year, in that press box, it was scary as all get out. Like <laughs> when those fans were getting excited. And the thing, it's not like, like I grew up going to RFK in DC and the stand shake there. But when you're in this like large press box you, you and feeling it, you feel like, basically writing in a perpetual earthquake it's like not fun um so but that's for another week they got to get past houston i don't think it's a gimme even without right Derek king and that but you know they're trending in the right direction that's for sure any other thoughts evan i'm gonna read some stats here because this houston defense we talk about that all over coming back this houston defense was pretty bad even when he played but i'm just gonna read some stats for you in the nation houston is last in passing yards allowed they're 118th in total defense. They're 101st in scoring defense. They're 111th in third down conversions allowed. And they're 126th in red zone defense. Might I remind y'all that Memphis is one of the better red zone teams in the country. So this Houston defense, we're talking about how this offense may look. I'm wondering if this Houston defense is going to stop this Memphis offense. Right You're predicting now, a blowout, Evan? Um, is that what I'm hearing? Um, oh, I'm not going that far. But what yeah. I am saying is... Right now, if I have to trust the defense, I would trust Memphis, and I didn't think I would ever say that this season. <laughs> I'm wondering if Houston's, after hearing those numbers, if Houston's defense is good at anything. Like, you've got a, some rankings there. Is there anything they rank in the top 25 in? Offen- besides offense? <laughs> no, no, I mean on defense. Well, like, you've is convinced, there an aspect you, of you, their You've defense? convinced me, Evan. Memphis is going to win this game. Yeah. At least two touchdowns. That's pretty telling. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Home I, game, momentum. Senior, senior day, let's not forget that. ABC. ABC, yeah. Then, well, it'll probably be that mirror thing. But, oh, yeah. But yes, Memphis traditionally plays very well in games like this. Even though they lost the UCF game, they played well in a game like they this. absolutely did. I forgot. There is one thing Houston is good at. Turnover margin. They're ranked uh, 29th in turnover margin. So they're basically like Memphis last year. That's it's what they are. Yeah, yeah. They lost their quarterback, but essentially <laughs> they're like Memphis last year. Huh? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much what well, I I'm think. changing my prediction already. Memphis. You should have given me that turnover margin stat. Well, SMU no. was ranked higher in turnover margin. I still think they win by more than two. I think they win, not going, it won't be a blowout, but I think they. I think Memphis wins convincingly. 49-28? Ooh. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Y'all are going so. way higher than me. I'll say I'll say forty nine thirty one. That's what I'm going for. Okay. I'll say ten point margin of victory. Ed Oliver maybe gets a sack, but I think Memphis runs right through Houston. They run the ball well against Houston. Okay. We shall see. We shall see. It'll be exciting. Uh by next week we'll know whether me and Evan are gonna be in Orlando for the weekend on December first. Um Evan, you'll have to forgive me. Uh I haven't been there have been other things that that have uh, grabbed my attention so far this week, but uh, what's what's the latest on Coxie? He didn't come back in the SMU game, did he? No, he did not. He he left the, the game in the third quarter. Um, it was a minor minor injury. Uh, Norvell said that he was he wanted to come back in. He was raring to go, but he told him it's not worth it. Don't worry about it. Coxie was at practice. Um, just 
first he was in the walking boot as a precaution. Today is Tuesday. We're recording this. He was going through, uh, he was on Muscle Beach. He's going through some drills, but he was walking around, did not have the boot on. So I'm expecting him to be a full go. And again, when Norvell talked about the injury, it didn't seem serious. So he should be good to go. And you've got some, uh, people should check him out. I think you've got some interesting features on, uh, who on Patrick Taylor and Emmanuel Cooper coming out this week? I do, yes. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have to explain. Give give people something to right. Give right. us the tease. When give is us it, the tease? When does it drop? It'll drop this week. I will tell you that. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It'll be out this week. By the time you, re- you hear this podcast, it'll probably be up within twenty four hours. The first one, but uh, it's a really nice Thanksgiving story on Patrick Taylor and just kind of some interesting things about you know what he's done at Memphis, and then the next one will be on Emmanuel Cooper, which I think will be a really interesting feature to understand how we got to senior day. So uh, stay tuned for that. Good good teases. Very cool. Well, you should check out everything at commercialappeal.com. We got tons of stuff leading into this game Friday. Even though it's Thanksgiving for y'all, we're still uh, we're still going at it. Working journalists. Grinding. <laughs> yeah. There is no, there's no such thing as a holiday in journalism. No. Except for the ones that I take off. Like <laughs> thanksgiving this week (laughs) (laughs) but um we will all be at the liberty bowl on friday 11 a.m get your uh get your whiskey ciders ready to go get that oh you went hard i was gonna say coffee and donuts but uh yeah well irish coffee i was gonna say leftovers (laughs) fire up the leftovers for breakfast yeah yeah that's yeah that's actually good it's gonna be perfect tailgating weather for leftovers um and uh yeah enjoy this game they don't you know Winner take all matchups like this don't just don't happen very often, um, so it should be fun. Um, join us next week. I was Mark, joined by Evan and Jason. Go Tigers! A new episode of the Tiger Football Podcast posts each Tuesday during the regular season. You can also subscribe to the show for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Football Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal. At Jewelers Mutual, we're a little obsessed with jewelry. Obsessed like auctioneers with talking fast. Pop stars with auto-tune. And dentists with asking questions after they've put their hands in your mouth. Great. Yes, we've made jewelry our obsession for over 100 years. We love it so much, we named our kids Ruby, Amber, and Opal. At Jewelers Mutual, we insure jewelry and only jewelry, which is why people who are also obsessed with jewelry trust us with theirs.